Fellowship's 2021 Christmas Eve candlelight service. This is a long tradition here. We had to skip it last year. We are so glad to be back together uh, to celebrate the coming of our Lord, the first coming of our Lord 2,000 years ago. Uh, we are so happy you're here. Uh, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. Everybody uh, wore a face covering or mask of some sort while here together in the sanctuary just to keep everyone safe. Uh, <clears throat> we also want to let you know those candles that you were handed at the beginning. I hope everybody got a candle. If, In fact, if you didn't get a candle, uh, if you could wave your hand. We've got some ushers here who will make sure. Is there anyone who didn't get a candle? All right, good. Speak now or forever hold your peace. You're going to hold on to those to the end of the service, and then we will direct you what to do with those candles at that time. Uh, so I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we are going to begin celebrating together. Heavenly Father, our hearts are so full, so full of gratitude in addition to all the wonderful gifts you've given us, in addition to life and breath and all the beautiful things that you do in our lives, we are especially grateful that 2,000 years ago, you gave us the gift of yourself. You humbled yourself, you emptied yourself, and you became one of us. You came, became one of us in all of our vulnerability, all of our brokenness, all of our smallness, all of our limitedness, and you became one of us. We are so grateful. There's no way that any of us in any language, even if we put all the languages of the world together and tried to thank you in every single one, we could never fully thank you for all that you have done for us by giving us your son, Jesus. So now, Lord, as we, as we celebrate your coming, and as we look forward to your second coming, we open our hearts to you now. Be with us, be present, change us, and transform us as we gather to gaze upon your beauty. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, amen. You could uh, rise and join in the singing.
I'm very glad to celebrate with you tonight. This is a lot of fun. Um, these next couple of carols are familiar to you, I'm sure. They're a little more upbeat than we maybe normally play them. So uh, the tune should be the same, but maybe just kind of follow along and we'll do it together.
then have a seat. I would uh, like to invite up uh, here Naomi Agbo. Naomi is one of the leaders in our youth ministry, and she is going to read some texts uh, to prepare our hearts to hear the message about Christmas. Uh, the first chapter we're going to be reading today is Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 21. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. That was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to re register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first son, a child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in, trips, in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory suddenly surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him with this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story was astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Amen. Um, the second chapter we're going to be reading is Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing, agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take interest in others too. You, may, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare the, that Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen.
song we're going to sing is one that uh, has only recently become familiar to me, so I don't know, um, maybe some of you know it, some of you don't. It's called the Huron Carol um, from Canada, and I was just so um, really intrigued by this carol because uh, it was originally written um, by a Jesuit missionary in the 1600s for the Huron-Wendat um, native peoples of Canada as um, as a way to bring the gospel and the Christmas story to them. The English words were written in the 1920s, and I just feel it's a, such a beautiful picture of um, contextualizing how Jesus is, um, he's a gift to all people. And, um, you know, the, some of the songs that we are more familiar to, I, I love how this, it's just a little bit different. God is referred to as Gitche Manitou, um, as, as the native people would. Uh, and you'll just see a lot of word pictures in here, um, context and, and lifestyle that would have fit um, those people. So we'll sing it a couple of times and uh, you can maybe soak in, in these words a little bit. time when all the birds had fled that mighty gitchy manitou sent angel choirs instead before their light the stars grew dim and wandering hunters heard the hymn jesus your king is born jesus is born in excelsis gloria of broken bark the tender babe was found a ragged robe of rabbit skin enwrapped his beauty round and as the hunter braves drew nigh the angel's song rang loud and high jesus your king is born jesus is born in excelsis gloria earliest moon of winter time is not so round and fair as was the ring of glory on the helpless infant there the chiefs from far before him knelt with gifts of fox and beaver pelt jesus your king is born jesus is born in excelsis gloria O children of the forest free, O sons of Manitou, the holy child of earth and heaven is born today for you. Come kneel before the radiant boy who brings you beauty, peace, and joy. Jesus, your King is born. Jesus is born. 
in excelsis gloria. Twas in the moon of winter time when all the birds had fled. That mighty Gitche Manitou sent angel choirs instead. Before their light the stars grew dim, and wandering hunters heard the hymn, Jesus, your King is born, Jesus is born, in excelsis gloria. Within a lodge of broken bark, the tender babe was found. A ragged robe of rabbit skin enwrapped his beauty round. And as the hunter braves drew nigh, the angel's song rang loud and high. Jesus, your King is born, Jesus is born, in excelsis gloria. This moon of winter time is not so round and fair as was the ring of glory on the helpless infant there. The chiefs from far before him knelt with gifts of fox and beaver pelt. Jesus, your king is born, Jesus is born in excelsis gloria. Children of the forest free, O oh, sons of Manitou, the holy child of earth and heaven is born today for you. Come kneel before the radiant boy who brings you beauty, peace, and joy. Jesus, your King is born, Jesus is born, in excelsis gloria. In excelsis gloria, in excelsis gloria. I'd like to welcome now uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Steve Rasmussen. He's going to share a short Christmas meditation with us. Uh, so let's welcome him. Merry Christmas. How are each of you? Well, okay. Well, welcome. It's great to have each of you here on this Christmas Eve. What a great time to celebrate a great, great thing. And I'm glad for each of you, family members, ICF members, HCF members, Karibusana, Eriza Christmas, Jacques Noel, and Merry Christmas to all of you. We, um, I want to just take a few minutes to think about something here, but let's pray before we go to God's Word. Lord, we thank you that you're Emmanuel, that you're with us, that you have come. You didn't need to, but you came to be with us. 
Would you help us to notice you and be with you in this time? Amen. So I just um, wanted us to think about a particular thing, that the angels were bringing good news, and they brought good news of great favor. They said to um, Zechariah that his, his son would be named John, which means Yahweh has shown favor. Mary was told, you have been given highest favor. So this is great news of great favor that God has brought his grace and his mercy to us. That God came from far to us. The Philippians 2 passage we just read talks about though he was God, he didn't cling, he didn't hold on to being God, but emptied himself. And another way to read that passage is actually because he was God, therefore he emptied himself. Because that's the character of God. That he's the kind who, though he is high and lifted up, stoops low. And you notice who gets interacted with here. See, this news comes to many people, but we have some people. We have Caesar, king of Rome. We have Quirinius, king of Syria. Herod, king of the Jews. And they react to this great news by being afraid, being uncertain. What are we going to do? Well, I mean, Caesar never even heard about it, but Herod, right? So, and Mary and Zechariah and the angels, they also respond with fear and uncertainty. What's, what's going to happen? What's going on? But what do they do after the fear and the uncertainty and this brand new news that's going to change everybody's life? Well, the powerful React and say, how can I hang on to power? How can I hang on to money? How can, I, how can I make this thing happen? The people who Caesar could tell everybody to move around and go wherever. Caesar, Herod the Great, was the great builder. He was building the temple and Caesarea and Herodias and Masada. And, and Joseph was a builder. Probably a stonemason. Probably not a carpenter because there's not that much wood to work with. He was whacking at the, the rocks to build the things that Herod was commanding everybody build. He, was, he didn't have a chance to decide what he was going to do. He was commanded to go, and he obeyed to go to Nazareth. But this fear and confusion with this new news is reacted to by some people with trying to hang on to control and certainty, and how do I, how do I make this work? Now, has anybody experienced any fear ever? Maybe in the last couple of years? Any uncertainty? Any confusion? I have. And I ought to, actually, I want to get control. I want to know what's going to go on. I want to get control again. But some other people in the story react very differently. Zechariah hesitates and gets a bit of judgment and silence. But Mary does something amazing. Mary says, what? <laughs> I mean, this, this is going to transform her life. This 15-year-old getting pregnant, being shamed, everything is going to change for her. But after her initial, how would that be possible? She says, be it unto me according to your will. She does what Jesus does, humbles herself, becomes obedient. And 
it doesn't actually go better for you. Usually we try to promise, like, if you follow God, things are going to go great for you. Actually, she gets taken away. Because she's with, with Joseph, she gets taken off to, from this little tiny town of Nazareth, way out in the sticks, to Bethlehem, which is smaller but closer to Jerusalem. And Joseph's going home for Christmas, right? But he's got no relatives willing to welcome him. How does that work? How would you feel about that? And then, when he goes to the inn, to the hotel, they're like, we don't have any room for you people. I, I don't know if there was actually room, or it was just like, we don't take your kind, or your lack of ability to pay, or whatever it was. There was no room. And they were powerless, uncertain, and yet obeying. And then things get you know, they settled there somehow, and, and a few, little bit later, uh, this other news comes along, and Herod grabs power. I mean, it's typical of Herod, because he killed two of his wives and three of his sons just so he could hang on to power. He climbed to get power, and he hung on to it with everything. And so killing a few babies is not a problem for him. But they get disrupted, and they're refugees in Africa, in Egypt, and there is no certainty in the life of a refugee. There's no um, control, but they have to run away, and then they run back again to, to Nazareth, and they do not get control, but they do humble themselves and surrender. And Mary's song, in the midst of this, she is joyful, and she says, God has humbled the proud, but given, lifted up the humble. And the choice that we have with the new news of God's favor is, Will I accept this new news? Will I humble myself? Will I submit and obey? And that's a really dirty word, isn't it? Obey. None of us likes to obey. Well, I mean, if I came up with the idea, or if I agree with your idea, or whatever, I'm happy to obey. <clears throat> but if you just want to do something, I mean, that's not really obedience, is it? But obeying what God has asked to do. And, and I mean, he also obeyed. He didn't say, you know what? I have an exception. I can't go to Bethlehem because whatever you want to do, I, I should have an exception. My Mary's pregnant. She can't do this. No exceptions. Those kind of people don't have a choice about obeying. He obeys. He obeys humans. He obeys God. The people, and what happens? I mean, Mary... It's her life disrupted. Then she gets this prophecy about a sword's going to pierce your heart too. She watches her son die. It doesn't, not like things are easy for Mary from here on. Like, oh, that was great. Now it's wonderful. Things do not turn out well in this life. And yet, all generations will call me blessed. The people who submit and obey get flow into God's great plan. And we get to be participating in the favor and the good news of God. So the good news of favor and grace and mercy and Jesus is here. What is your response? We're going to sing... Uh, one of the favorite hymns of the Christian tradition now. Uh, 
um, we're going to sing through the, all four verses together, and then afterwards I will instruct everyone how we're going to light our candles. So you can go ahead and rise as we sing. Candles shining in the dark 
reminds us that even though, even though when, when Jesus came, it was a dark, dark world, but God, God was able to shine in that darkness. And in the same way, even though it's a dark world, God is able to shine in the darkness. Ushers are going to come by and light candles, and as they, as you share those, the light with the person next to you, we're going to sing through these lyrics uh, all the way one more time, and uh, and then you will be dismissed at the end. And as you leave, um, there will be a, a a basket or a box where you can drop your candle after you blow it out. Um, and uh, we will, so we will sing through and then we will uh, leave here in silence, remembering that God is our light in the darkness. If we could uh, go ahead and, Todd, if you could turn off the lights.
Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 